Welcome to episode 28 of Stage Worthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Did you get a chance to listen to my first ever Fringe Roundup posted on Saturday? If not, make sure you go back and listen to my roundtable discussion with Nisha Coleman, Laura McCallum, Scott Garland, and David Kingsmill as we talk about the first few days of Fringe. We'll do another roundtable discussion on the last Saturday of the Toronto Fringe to catch up with the group and see how their Fringe has been going. On Stage Worthy, I interview people who make theatre, actors, directors, playwrights, and more, and talk to them about everything from why they chose the theatre to their work process and anything in between. Sex T-Rexes Connor Bradbury, Caitlin Morrow, and Joseph Edelman talk about the newest Sex T-Rex show Wasteland at the Toronto Fringe and are joined by Kyle Allett of the No Bullshit History of Invention also playing at the Toronto Fringe. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or Google Music or whatever podcast app you use and consider leaving a comment or rating. Do you want me to get you some ice cubes? It might be sparkling rosé. Oh, look, it's got some. Like a, hmm? That's the beginning of the podcast. Well, sure, yeah, absolutely. Glug, 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 Connor is going to be playing softball, so he certainly needs some sparkling rosé. What generally people say is that what goes best with sports is sparkling rosé. It's just delicious. It is the most athletic of alcohol. It is, in fact, the most athletic of alcohol. There's less carbs in there. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh sure. Like yeah. Give me that bubbly step by me. I don't think Joe was here the last time you interviewed no. us. It was Danny. No, it was who Dan. Was replacing yeah. Joe. Oh, okay. During our run in uh, at, at uh, storefront. Storefront there. Joe killed Danny. Joe. Well, you know, I mean, you gotta. That's that's the only way to get rid of Danny, yeah, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. It's you one of the best ways. <laughs> you know, <laughs> among the best. Joe, if you want to go get yourself a wine glass, you could help yourself some of this rosé. I have a glass full of water. Okay. Well, when you finish that, you can put some rosé in it. Yeah. Learning lines off that. We're still learning lines. Okay. Well, we're learning. We just did a run in Montreal, and we're learning lines oh. now. Okay. Well, I mean, that's how did how did the Montreal go? Great. It was really fun. The audiences were amazing. The show went well. Um, it was just uh, we didn't know our lines and improvised most of the show. Because talking to people after nobody knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I, really, I was like, oh yeah, we got a really good uh, line. Somebody was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, we didn't know what we were saying. No, we, and, and, and so what would happen is sometimes major plot points would get because we kept changing the script every day, yeah. every day, so none of us bothered to learn our lines. So we were like mm, beats, we know the beats, and then sometimes we'd miss a beat, and then sometimes a major plot point would be missed, and then it was like, oh my god, it was. So how did you deal with a major plot point that gets missed? Yeah, you, you know, you keep improvising. <laughs> or, Later people say, hey, this didn't make sense. And you go, and you go, oh, yeah. right, no one mentioned it. That's, uh, that's the process of a new show for us in particular. I think is that when it starts off, it's, yeah, there's so many ideas that we want to relate, and until yeah. we start doing it, we don't know how good a job we've done of that. Do you even with scripted yeah, yeah. like we, yeah. yeah things we thought were super clear aren't and things we or thought vice versa clear at all people are like oh you you mentioned that too many times and you're like oh okay good did, to know did we do you, I mean we talked last time because the last show we talked about those were scripted and this one it sounds like Oh, it's scripted. Oh, it's scripted. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. It just, it's, so, uh, we were earlier in the process when we okay. were performing it in front of real people, mm-hmm. audience style. Uh, we were just way delayed this time getting this show on its feet. And so we actually ended up more or less workshopping it mm. in Montreal in front of humans. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that'll teach you what works. Oh, yeah, yeah, it sure did. And, and, and so the script was in flux the whole time. Mm. And because of that, we ended up. Never really hammering down the lines specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes entire scenes would be cut, and we'd have to make up for it on the spot on stage. And there, because well, you get there, and you don't know. Like, yep, no, that's to, go for a it. Sixty-minute time slot, and we're like, we've done one run of this. It was, uh, <laughs> it was around ninety minutes. <laughs> 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 so let's cut this scene yeah. and that scene, yeah. and then hopefully make that does some good it. guesses yeah. about what doesn't need. To be yeah, no, and it, we were three minutes we over. <laughs> but I think our, our previews are almost always about ninety minutes, mm. and then we generally have about a week to cut that down to an hour, mm. and it's not as hard as you think it would be. Mm. Like, 
when you have to cut things, you find out. You how find what easy what what yeah. Cut, really like. Um, so you were and, and for this show, you were doing all of that basically in front of an audience. Uh, well, we did the first like we cut yeah. down a half an hour ish just yeah. through tightening yeah. and through making the cutting huge scenes. scenes. Yeah, like, huge chunks. Chunk needs to go. Mm. And then once you do it, you realize like. And sometimes you do, and then you yeah. find a way to make it back in. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. During the Montreal run, we had to cut a scene that we didn't really want to, but just story-wise, it mm. made sense to cut. Like we didn't need it in there, um, and so we cut it. And by the end of the run, we were able to work it back mm. in because we saved enough time earlier and uh, through just like you know pace. Getting oh, better yeah. at improvising those lines, yeah. you know, getting <laughs> <laughs> way more efficient. The Montreal Fringe is the perfect audience. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So and again, like when you do manage to take something out and then wedge it back in in whatever form, like it's usually going to be so much more refined. And like, like that scene is now a quarter of the length it was when it started, and just like a much more clear in what it's trying to do. I think. Yeah. yeah. I I find that just generally that the audiences in the Montreal Fringe are a little are more willing to allow experimentation than in some other. Yeah. Like I know that Toronto <laughs> Fringe looks for like. It's supposed to be experimental, but it's always like, well, that doesn't work. And yeah. it's sort Give of us like looking money, for, yeah, yeah, you know, they want, they're well, looking for the drowsy chaperone. They're look, looking for yeah, the, the Toronto. Every fringe has its advantages, yeah. and and like Toronto's is that there are actually producers here, yes. and there's yes. actually a huge, huge number of people that come out to the fringe, and so in in some ways, pressure's on a little more. Montreal. Yeah. The audience is just so enthusiastic and honest and yeah. give you great feedback and um, it is a great place to workshop your show because of that, but they mm. are generally smaller and the media consists, with the exception of the Gazette and a few others, like largely of personal blogs mm -hmm. with, you know, varying sizes yeah. of reach. Uh, uh, Toronto, there's more media and yeah, it, there's just a bit more pressure to yeah. do a better show. <laughs> um but so that's why it is great that Montreal's first, uh, mm. and yeah. it really gets your your liver uh, <laughs> <laughs> primed and ready nope. yep. for I, the abuse of the Toronto Fringe. During Montreal Fringe this year, I turned thirty and my liver turned sixty. I remember, I remember, you know, my time at the Montreal Fringe, and and uh, there's, uh, I don't, I've. There's no other fringe like it for the amount of partying that is oh, available. Required. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. 13th hour thing that they do where it's like a, a, a show that starts at 1 a.m. Yeah. And then there's an hour long show and then a like two hour long dance party and it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah. the best thing ever, uh, fringecation. Yeah. And then you come to Toronto and it's like, all right. It's all business. Well, let's yeah. get back to work. But yeah. it's, it, it is it is fantastic yeah. because of some of the opportunities Absolutely. it gives you. But yeah. you're right. Like, yeah. the audiences are not necessarily as immediately loving yes. um, yeah. as they might be yeah. in Montreal. And, and fair enough. Yeah. They yeah. don't, you know, owe you anything. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. no, they weren't all just drinking with you. Well, exactly. So this show is The Wasteland. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, wasteland. Oh, just, oh, just wasteland. Yeah, we, we got no time for definite articles. <laughs> <laughs> this show Last moves so fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, is it? Where did this? The inspiration for this show come Mad from? Max. We also have Mad Max. It was the best thing I've, like, I've ever seen. Kind of a, Possibly my favorite movie of all time. This, this show might not have happened. I remember the one, the time, like we had finished a rehearsal or something like that, and I was going to see Mad Max with James Gangle, a friend of ours. Yep. I was going to meet him, and Sean and Caitlin were with me, and, like, we're not going to go. Didn't really want to go. Like, we're so on the fence. Yeah. We were so tired. We, we just finished yeah. doing work all day. We got to the and I was like, are you guys coming or not? And Sean was like, I don't think so. And then Caitlin pushed him off <laughs> the subway, and we got off and went to see him. As the doors were closing. that, we may not have seen it, wow. and this show might not have happened. I was about to ask if it was Mad, if it was the new Mad Max or classic Mad Max. New, new, new Mad, Mad Max. Max. And then we yeah. since have gone back of retroactively course. and watched the, the, the older older ones. But it was it, it mm, this one is so good. Mm -hmm. It just yeah. reminded me that I like action movies. Mm. Like, it's some yeah. of the best so action sequences I've ever seen. Action yeah. movie that I right away was like, 
this is awesome. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. Great. Like, everything about it, I enjoy. Like. It was my favorite action movie since The Matrix. Yeah, and last decade. Interestingly, I was about to say that the thing that always, that struck me about um, the, the recent Mad Max movie was which is different from The Matrix is how realistic real, well, yeah, it's like it's like I mean they're very different movies but it's like this stuff is happening like not in CGI the CGI right. is super right. subtle exactly but I mean and, and, and The Matrix did really 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 well with CGI yeah. and it's almost the opposite it's like yeah. well, what can CGI do for fighting and this was like Oh, you know what can physics do with yes. fighting? Yeah, <laughs> and, and just actual physical objects too, right? Like uh, that as, truck really we flipped. Were, yeah. yeah, that truck really yeah. drove, like flew in on its side, and those dudes were on those those Bikes those those cat. What were yeah. they called? Mm. Uh, pole cats. cats. Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du performers <laughs> were really on those poles. It was so yeah. inspiring. We've, we spent a fair amount of time watching the special features of Mad Max while <laughs> yes. we were building all our props for this show and just getting into the details of like what I really like about the movie, aside from the cool action is just like how much even though the movie is completely focused on action and doesn't bother explaining anything the world is so well fleshed out it's true like, it's true yeah that's that's something that I always like and it's like interesting that, you, that the movie can work without fleshing mm-hmm. all of that out that you're just going to accept it oh these guys yeah. are, are weird yeah. and that's just the way it is well, but you clearly can... they also had a lot of exposition written that they started cutting which is what I like when I think about our process <laughs> too. Like, yeah. but that's great like you realize there are certain things that don't need to be explained because you just see it yeah and you kind of write the story and you're like this is the story ah yeah. and then and then it's a process of showing and not telling and mm-hmm. slowly weeding out the telling because you know we, I, I, we don't know physically how this is going to manifest until we get in the rehearsal hall and we're like okay yeah. how can we tell this physically and then suddenly you go oh we don't need this monologue because we yeah. just just did it on stage with yeah. the car explosions and like even, we, that's it's something that's come up I think in the past at least three shows anyway or, or a lot of our work is like we kind of develop this whole backstory of the world ourselves and talk about work out all these logical issues and stuff and then usually don't have to talk about any of it during the show mm-hmm. but what's important is that like we know it and it's consistent in our minds right yeah uh, and then as long as the show doesn't conflict with that hopefully it makes <laughs> sense to the audience what, what's, uh, what's interesting is um, you're, you're taking a genre like the Mad Max movies that really relies on large vehicles moving quickly mm-hmm. and putting it on a stage yeah. where you can't really have no. large vehicles moving quickly. No, I mean, that was probably the biggest challenge was getting the trucks on stage. With our, with our fringe budget. Toronto of course, fringe, yeah. You know, yeah. Montreal fringe is fine with that sort of thing. We always write the idea before we imagine if it's possible or not to do so you know with sword play we were like oh yeah and then then we have this fight where they're swinging from chandeliers and then Mm. there's a dragon and then there's a fight on top of a dragon and like in in the stage directions that's basically how it's written yes and so we go okay and then and then we learn our lines we get in the studio and we're like all right we're gonna stage this shit and you're going to be like, how do we do this? How do we do this? And then that becomes the fun question of like, okay, clearly there's going to be a train fight in Wildcat. How are we going to show dudes running on top of a train, smashing through windows, fighting a bunch of dudes in a train? Yeah. How are we going to stage that? And, and so the same challenge was, okay, we have in our show a murder derby, which is basically... Kind of, kind of like a, yeah, kind of like sort of a the second and third, all the good parts of the second and third old Mad Max mm. movies. You know, just just a, a crazy car <laughs> mash, and and it it uh, we wrote it and we knew it was going to be there. Great. The challenge was how does one stage that mm. with uh, on stage with no budget, and 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 that's that's what we get excited about. That's what mm. I get excited about about like staging the impossible and yeah. finding a really stupid way to stage something that people spend millions on in movies. Well, that's the kind of thing that you can get away with in theater is yeah. the simple special effect that yeah. is, you know, it's two guys holding a table and yeah. suddenly it works or whatever yeah, this, it is. We're this. really abusing the power of everyone else's imagination. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you have an imagination. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> that helps our, helps our budget a lot. <laughs> so if we're like, mm, car, you get it, steering wheel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We always end up with a sort of a different thing for every show that we use physically. That we never plan on it mm-hmm. going in. It just kind of happens during rehearsal. It sort of played ended up being fabric and sheets mm-hmm. and being the big thing. That fabric, we sheets, and 2D pixelated objects that help tell our story. Mm-hmm. Wildcat was finger mode and a different kind of 2D object that helped tell our story. Not to mention brooms. Broom horses. And, and broom horses. All important. 
Yeah, and so we had no idea what this one would be going in, and it turned out to be a styrofoam tube. <laughs> <laughs> okay, weird. Yep, those like, insu- like insulating pipe Okay, tubes. Yeah, you may yeah. have seen me just bring in another shipment of them. <laughs> Great thing about them, they're about 80 cents each. Yeah, perfect, Hot that fits into the fringe budget. The fringe budget yeah. thing, and so we worked with that and some shadow puppets. So it, it's, a, it's an amalgamation of those two aesthetics that we use in this one to help bring in the storytelling that is often exclusive to movies mm-hmm. where you have CGI and you have this ability to show explosions and car chases and all kinds of um, mad things where we don't have access to that so yeah. we've also wanted to focus on specifically I think like light and shadow uh, just like as a tool mm-hmm. in one of our shows for a few years now at least so this is sort of the opportunity that we got to play with that which uh, I think works pretty well with a lot of the a lot of the themes yeah. mm-hmm. we did a little bit with Leviathan our sci-fi show mm-hmm. that has barely seen the light of day but will again in, in February of this year you know one or two um, we played with like blacklight and a lot of uh, the qualities that that can employ in a science fiction show. <laughs> we just at the time, we bought really shitty blacklight. Like, oh, this all this blacklight sequence is gonna not be visible. <laughs> but but yeah, so we wanted to kind of revisit that, but this time with a bit of a cheaper approach. Mm-hmm. So we did we did like shadow puppetry. Yeah. Uh, we've also now been joined, uh, for those of you who can't see, because this is a podcast, <laughs> by another fringe artist. Kyle Allett. Kyle Allett. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? He's, our, he's uh, uh, a billet uh, mm-hmm. at Sean and my place. I'm sleeping on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> by billet, I mean he's, he's sleeping on our couch. Kyle, uh, we, we, met, I, we met Kyle during, he was our tech in Montreal. In, during during Watch Wildcat. Wildcat. Yeah. Wildcat. And then he was doing a show in Halifax for the Atlantic Fringe with us later that year. So we already loved him as a tech, and then we saw his show, which is fantastic, by the way. Go see that. Well, we saw... We saw, yeah. Yeah, both of them are good. We saw the No Bullshit History of Canada, mm-hmm. and the No Bullshit History of Invention is the one that set this, this yeah. fringe. Yeah. How long ago did you do the No Bullshit History of Canada? It, it started four years ago. Yeah. Uh, okay. But then uh, I took a year off from it, and then the last two years I've been touring it. Mm. So I went to the East Coast, and then uh, last year I went to... I did Montreal and Edmonton. Mm. And I actually sold out my run to Edmonton. That was a surprise. Yeah. 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 No, it's a really good show. <laughs> I, I, I like, And as Kyle always puts it, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> you know, the it's, no... It's a the PowerPoint no, presentation. It's literally a PowerPoint... It's history. It sounds terrible. With this guy standing on stage. The exact opposite show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I stand there with no props and talk a lot. And, you guys, yeah. and it's yeah. actually, like, honestly... Oh, so so Kyle Teched, our show, did an incredible job in um, in the Montreal Fringe in 2014 and then we that year later met up again with Kyle in Halifax yeah. where he was touring the, uh, his show the no bullshit, no bullshit History of Canada and we were still doing Wildcat and I saw the show there and was blown away by how good it was well, because you hearing you talk about it I'm like oh boo <laughs> <laughs> It's like honestly, it's the hardest thing. Yeah, like, how some I tell about the relatively show? nerdy guy standing on stage with a PowerPoint presentation talking about the history of Canada. <laughs> Shut up. That is a, that is, no, it is. is I'm gonna say that's a tough sell. No, yeah. it is actually. Oh man. I not I held my belly laughing. I hurt after I left. It was not only educational and in, insightful and inspiring. It was fucking hilarious, and I I couldn't believe it. I left going okay. I'm sold, and so I'm really. I haven't seen your new show yet, and I'm really excited to see it at the Toronto Fringe. No, no pressure. We're saying all these nice things, uh, and we don't like Kyle as a person. That shows you how good the show is. That's why I'm letting him. hates me. That's why I'm letting you stay on our couch for two weeks yeah. for you know for funsies. Uh, no, and and <laughs> my favorite story of Kyle is um, Halifax Fringe, where or Atlantic Fringe, I guess, in Halifax. We're uh, trying to get ready for our show, except. It's five minutes to, and our tech still isn't there. Um, and and I go upstairs, and I'm like freaking out. I'm talking to the front of house person, going well, where? I'm sitting there in the like like waiting to get in. To get in. So Kyle, who teched our show, saw it eleven times at the Montreal <laughs> Fringe, is now waiting to see our show again for the millionth time at the Halifax Fringe, and and then we're freaking out. I go back downstairs. I'm like, guys, we've made several phone calls. We've, we've, we've made contact with our tech. She's on her way. We're going to have to start late. 
the door opens and then in pops this very familiar and lovely face of our tech from Montreal Fringe going, hey guys, do you need a tech? <laughs> and it was like, oh dude, she's almost here 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I don't know how this works, but I remember most of the cues. <laughs> it was the best thing ever. Oh, yeah, so this guy's a jerk and no one likes him. Yeah. <laughs> The moral of the story is, yeah, don't see his show. <laughs> it's it's very funny. I'm getting mixed show. messages. <laughs> We're confused. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we feel, it changes from minute to minute. So how? I mean, you guys are, are you were saying you're rehearsing? Oh yeah, show. I'm you're learning my lines, lines today. Yeah. We open on um, Friday. Well, we, we open on Friday. Okay. Re- rewrites and things. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. It. And it's just like basically we you know remembered. You remember Beats. the lines yeah. you're saying as a run goes mm-hmm. on and then go back and be like are these lines I was supposed to be yes, saying there is not? that there so is you that, yeah. settle yeah. into something and now sometimes like, what oh, you man. were saying is better anyway yeah. and sometimes not sometimes you keep it sometimes you <laughs> but, tweak it yeah. it's all part of the refining did you guys find that, that um, coming out of Montreal that you were I mean you went back to the script and were able to say this is not the show anymore that um, you know. no I think we we thought like when we opened honestly I think we thought we were going to go through so many changes yeah. and then we realized most of it is just pace Mm. tightening and like getting to know it in your body like that's the big difference mm. I think when we were going in we were like we're going to change a bunch of stuff and then as we, we did we the completely run, redid the ending we, but that was like during that's Montreal normal. yeah too. on stage in front of people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did that because we knew we, we knew going in we'd wanted a different ending but we mm. didn't have time to do we it knew what it open. was yeah. we just didn't yeah. have time to build it so our first <laughs> our opening in Montreal oh my god we threw together a knife fight and it was yeah. not great and yeah. that was it and then the show ended yeah. uh, and so I need, to, I need to reiterate this is a very good show and you should <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, just, I, know, I, know, I was, was just I was just say let me just <laughs> I feel we haven't made that clear <laughs> um but during opening no during opening of Montreal was, French we, we had an idea for the ending we just hadn't staged yeah. it so we were like uh, knife fight because we mm, opening I mean, night I literally had a moment where I went backstage and I was watching what was happening, I was going, I wonder what comes next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when we opened in Montreal, that was literally the third run-through of the show we had ever done. And and one and two of them had been in front of an audience. So it was, it was, a, it was a big moment. So when you guys are in Montreal and you're doing, you're basically still practicing. sort of practicing, are you doing that... Like during the day in a park? Well, we all um, Airbnb and live together the whole time. Uh, okay. And and we do that because mm-hmm. we want to workshop the show. Mm-hmm. And we know we're going to do that going in. So we're like, all right, Airbnb, we're all together. We know Connor won't be late because we're going to like knock on his door and literally <laughs> drag him out of bed and put him in the rehearsal area. And then we're all there together yeah. and we we can you know we're always always working on our shows yeah, yeah. we have definitely spent some time uh, working on fight scenes in parks and things in Montreal but the problem is sometimes people will just join in from the street <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't realize this, this is choreographed cool capoeira guy from the mountain yeah, will come yeah. down and be like hey buds I'm gonna jump into your cool fight scene and we're like no none of us I mean, are actually <laughs> fighting for real <laughs> we got the foam swords and shields and everything that's right yeah. yeah we do it every Sunday afternoon on yeah. the mountain and all <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun joke for people who've been to Montreal. <laughs> capital of Canada. <laughs> Every Sunday on the mountain. <laughs> and there we go. Um, oh, there's some sirens outside yeah. in Toronto, what guys. The joy of outdoors Outdoor in Toronto. Outdoor podcasting in, in Toronto. Yesterday I was in a, at, a, at a bar. Oh, in, this sounds serious. In, in Hamilton recording yeah. a, 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 uh, an episode and... We started out and it was perfect. And then as I watched more and more people come in, I was like, we're just going to have to step out onto the street because it's quieter out there. <laughs> um, now, I talked with, with uh, Connor and Caitlin uh, yep. last time, and we talked a little bit about the theater background. Uh, Danny had usurped your place right. uh, during that <laughs> yeah. production. So um, I I don't know much about about, about your, your theater background. Joe. So, yeah. Joe, please tell me a yeah. little bit about... Uh, so, uh, yeah, I had stepped out in this case to, to to crap out on the team and go to school uh, again like a butt. In Ottawa. So I've been in Ottawa yeah. for the past year. Doing uh, your master's, right? Yeah, doing, we're working on a master's. and we'll, yeah, Anyway, we'll see. That's in progress. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. Uh, but, yeah, um, I, uh, I did a bunch of theater in undergrad. Uh, my first... Uh, I went to Winnipeg Fringe when I was, I don't know, in like 2000. 
three or something uh, when I was just a, just a wee boy, uh, and I kind of made a little bit of a mark, uh, and I did a bunch of university shows back then, but then had a nice big gap uh, where I taught in Japan and stuff for a while, mm. ended up moving to Toronto and kind of reconnecting with uh, Sean, a uh, member of the group uh, who's not here today. Um, he and I actually both went to the same high school, same university, same drama program there, a couple years apart. Long-time D&D players. Yes, definitely. He's and Joe, Joe, Julian, and Sean and I have been playing D&D for like 11 yeah, years Sean's now. Sean's been our dungeon master yeah. from way back. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I like sports. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Connor! <laughs> yes, yes, let's go Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, so uh, actually when I was kind of back in Toronto and looking for some acting stuff to do and, and a bit at a bit of a loss because... Uh, real actors live here and that was weird to me uh, coming from Fredericton, New Brunswick um, but uh, actually Julian uh, I just met um, through these guys and he got me into the improv scene here and I started doing some classes and stuff so kind of eventually that put me on a separate but parallel path with these guys and eventually kind of reconnected and yeah and Joe is so fantastic and, and a wonderful part of our group because not only does he bring a really fun stage presence but also um, he God love him is willing to do these shows and mostly run the sound. So the way we build our shows for Montreal Fringe and have done so for the last million years is that we we create it so that Joe is able to be in the booth, mostly run our sound because our sound is really complicated and is basically as in, in as an integral part of the show as all the action. And so he will be mostly running the sound in the booth and then we'll run down on stage, do a cool fight sequence with us, yeah. play a fun, <laughs> lovable character like Grandpa in Swordplay or whatever. Oh man, I've, and got, I've got one music cue to hit in this show and it stresses me out being on the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, I'm yeah. just always like, what am I going to do to fuck this But it's, 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 it's not, it's not just so. sitting in the booth and hitting music cues. It's no. also, it's also, um, okay, so I hit go on this music cue. I run down on stage, so I... And then there are three music cues that follow. So not only do we on stage have to time it out so that Joe can get back to the booth in time, but we also, he has to edit the tracks so that they um, seamlessly blend one into the next, into the next. And so he does a lot of um, sound editing, mm -hmm. sound design for our show. Like uh, Joe and Sean together um, build all of the sound for the shows. And it's such an integral part of our show. Um, I remember when I teched their show two years ago. It was funny because like I had eighty lighting cues for a six-minute show, <laughs> <laughs> and and then I was like, "Am I gonna have to run sound too?" And they're like, "No, no, no, we got this taken yeah. care of." And then it, it would literally be like I'm, I'm working the thing, and then somebody runs over to the booth, presses one button, and runs. Showers, <laughs> Kyle with sweat. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking broom in their hands as a like, horse. Yeah. yeah. There was one time, like the seventh or eighth show in, that like I see Joe was like he was late. Like, and I'm like, that I know, like, oh, there's supposed to be a cue coming up about 10 seconds. So I just kind of leaned over, <laughs> he was ready to do it, and he just came around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we... Nice high five all the way. <laughs> That's the thing, like, from what Caitlin was saying, uh, like, my first show, uh, I stepped in to help with Callahan. Um, we had kind of, like, a character set up to, to be the hacker guy who mm. just shows up on the radio and, and, like, literally stay in the booth the whole time and then deliver lines over the microphone. Well, not the whole time. Uh, there were a couple fight right. scenes that even in the early days where Walt would... So Callahan is our Indiana Jones-style mm -hmm. show that we're actually going to be touring in Toronto, uh, Ottawa, Montreal, and Halifax coming up soon with mm. Swordplay um, right. in tandem. And, and, and in that show, the Walt character, yeah, so Indiana Jones, James Bond style, he's the tech... Uh, whiz kid who is at a rem remote undisclosed location because of the you know mm -hmm. spy agencies around the world who want him um, he he is the help and they touch their ears as if they have a thing in their ears <laughs> that's what you have to and do that's what you have to do when you have an ear piece in nowadays in the modern world so when you see all those bluetooth guys walking down the bluetooth zombies walking down the streets they go. are for sure touching their ears because yeah. that's that's what one does um, <laughs> but yeah so that was where the precedent was set and we've kind of built all of our shows in that model also yeah. because we don't want to have to have a stage manager <laughs> we as well so one. it's basically our stage manager runs on stage and yeah. fights and then runs back to the <laughs> <laughs> As Hits a couple cues, runs back on, fights, but as our shows have evolved, that role has become more evolved, and yeah, we well, need we, Joe on stage more and We've more just and more gotten more and more, more ambitious with mm -hmm. what we want to do, so it's kind of like every scene we do, it's like, okay, how can we get the most out of this? Well, we need five people here and here, and I guess we can get away with four here, so I can run to the booth for a couple, for one and a half minutes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, we'll, it's, it's become a whole intricate thing in itself, just like... 
of the dance backstage. I, mean, I, I agree that, that like there is gonna be there will probably come a time where we like are just like doing bigger shows and like want to like hire somebody. But right now, I really like that aspect mm. of our shows. I love the fact that they, if you look for it, you can watch us sprint away. <laughs> you can see us sweat. You can see us like yeah. have to get into place for time because there's like so little time that we give ourselves mm. sometimes. So many moments where it's like, okay, Joe exits as a character and now has to put a mask on very quickly and put another mask on top <laughs> of that and come out and like this is like and it's like no time. And if it works, it's great. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't yeah. quite. When you're and if it doesn't out. work, it, it'll be something different. Oh but yeah. yeah, I feel like that's probably something that because uh, we do have a fair number of hardcore fans who will come out to see the show like three or four times mm-hmm. sometimes in the in the same city, which is crazy. But I feel like that's some of what they get out of it is just like seeing some of the guts uh, for days oh, and yeah. uh, just like they get to notice the running back and forth and like how it all works. Uh, you can see it first. Like my parents, who's my parents and my family, is very supportive, and they come out to a lot of our shows. And I remember them seeing one of our shows. It was one of our last shows of the storefront run we did. And mm-hmm. afterwards, they were like, they came up to me and were like, "That was so sloppy, <laughs> that <was> incredible, <laughs> so sloppy and incredible." <laughs> like that's the best I've seen in a year. <laughs> and it was because we just like we got this weird energy that night and decided to fuck around a lot. It wasn't. It wasn't the show. It wasn't the show where it was Julian's birthday and we were doing shots on stage twice. Mm, No, it wasn't. Okay. You decided to splash everyone on the stage. Oh, that was our closing show, and that wasn't my decision. That was actually a note from our director, Alec Taller, who is not here right now. Um, He gives us notes and all the time because he's a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's our. Tell me how to live my life. Yeah, shut you. Fuck you out. Dare you try and improve this piece? Yeah. No, Alec is amazing, yes. and and he gives us notes to improve the show. Um, and so he showed up to several of our shows during Storefront and would give us notes afterward. And there was this one time he showed up and gave notes to everyone, and then I got a separate email that was called Secret Notes. <laughs> God love Alec. And it included one note, which was, Please, on closing night... In, so so in sword play, I come on stage and I I um, play play water and a dolphin at the same time. Yeah. Joe probably doesn't even know that, but I, I, I come on stage now. and I'm like, we're, uh, and we're on a ship and we all build a ship and I'm the water part and then it, and then at one point I go. Ah! And I'm like a dolphin. And then when the dolphin lands with my hand in the imagined water, I also behind my back have a full glass of water that I proceed to throw on uh, first your face uh, Connor's face and then I run around and I just stare at Sean until we we play chicken for a moment and then I throw a fucking glass of water on Sean's face Um, (laughs) so Alec gave me this note that for the last show please also make a point to throw water in Danny's face who was Joe at the time (laughs) the head of the ship ship. and then (laughs) proceed to throw water on Julian's face who was playing the mast of the ship at this point and Julian was pissed (laughs) (laughs) no one knew Julian has a he's holding a sheet in front of as the sail as the sail yeah so I didn't no one saw it happen to him but then right after we lift the sheet (laughs) to talk to him oh because he sees the mast (laughs) and looks so upset it just looks Sandra goes, we gotta do something about these fucking dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> we all lose our shit. On stage. No, that was closing. That was closing. And it was a note from our oh, our, our, our our distinguished director. Oh, I'm taller. <laughs> but that's another one that even like going back to the root of that show where uh, we had had like we had originally had it as just like a little spritz bottle yeah. that came out to splash us and one show I couldn't Caitlin find it couldn't find it but we had a giant bottle of water just for drinking backstage so she just grabbed that instead <laughs> and I still remember because this was at like a noon matinee a hot noon we, it was in Monday <laughs> so we were all hung wait wait can I can I just like preface that with earlier in the podcast we talked about Montreal Fringe right yes. oh yeah so if you're still listening mm-hmm. you know you know. <laughs> Slogging through the beginning, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, no idea it's coming. This 
full gallop of water. It's supposed to be hot. It's supposed to be like a. I was like. <laughs> so we just kept that. Yeah. It was supposed to be like a gentle mist, yeah. but it ended up being like a full, full glass of water just in the face. Connor's face was the audience. It was one of those beautiful where us, we on stage and the audience are simultaneously melting down. Yeah, we're all, <laughs> we're all like... Like the best actors on earth cannot <laughs> you imitate. Can't really that moment no. it's, you, you, and you, you do it and you try and that's the thing about comedies like this is that there are moments like that that start as improv mm -hmm. and then you are able to do them again. Like, yeah. And you still have that feeling of spontaneity. Well, because water in the face isn't. really can't. You but can't. <laughs> anyone who's there that first time gets oh. something a little bit extra. Mm -hmm. They just yeah. get a little bit something more because you can't fake it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no faking that shit. Connor's surprised that a giant <laughs> yeah, tsunami of water <laughs> just like Literally descends upon his face. <laughs> Kyle, do you ever uh, try to surprise your PowerPoint the one thing I have done is, is that I've allowed myself to do a lot more ad-libs because originally I, I couldn't do it because I've got 500 slides in the show and they're all in a certain order so I can't really deviate from the script too much but I realized I was getting certain audience reactions and I just started talking to them and then that was a lot of fun yeah. But no, not so much challenging the computer itself. Well, it's hard to improvise a PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult to improvise a PowerPoint. You can't just be like, just wait, guys. Wait, this is going to be great. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Connor, you said. I got this animation. Come up here. This is so good. You said GIF. Come back in 10 minutes. I guarantee. This predates PowerPoint by like like a decade. Maybe two. You're to have the GIF GIF argument. I, I thought I thought she was, and I, yeah, was, I thought I, was I thought, about I to thought. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I gotta back. I gotta back my brother up. It's Gif. It's Gif. Gif. I no, I wasn't. I just. I just meant. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> I meant that like PowerPoint and Gif are oh. like of different eras. But you could now have a Gif in a PowerPoint. You can indeed have a Gif. You can, guys. It's the yeah, modern it's totally world. Like, this is like, <laughs> we're like living in the future. The future is now, my friend. Gifs for all. Strong gifts everywhere. With with a group like like yours um there's there's two ways this question could go i'm gonna stick with the way that i first thought of it and that's about the roles that everybody has um you've talked about about joe's role uh where he's you know building the sound things like that um what are the other roles that people serve in in hmm. sex t-rex great question Julian cooks a lot. <laughs> so when Sean we go on tour, <laughs> when we go on tour, oh, that's, <laughs> when we go on tour, um, Julian, uh, we often live together. Or wait, wait, we always live together. Uh, when we go on tour, and Julian picks up the torch of poster hanging guy because he's tall and can put posters above all the other well populated poster mm -hmm. zones, and he cooks for us. So Sexy Rex often buys. So sweet. Yeah. Julian's Isn't become it? the weird. I think he's the. Is he the youngest member of the group? He is. Uh, right? I believe so. But he's also like the old man who like actually gets up before ten a.m. and, <laughs> and makes oh breakfast for everybody. And it's weird. so brilliant. Oh, best, I, I feel, he's not here, but I can't, I'm going to share it because this is my favorite thing about Julian in the world. Is that last year during the Fringe Festival, Julian had a job where he had oh to, he just had to wake up every morning at like. Five in the morning, and 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 send out these like news reports. It was some site that he worked for. We had to like mm. accumulate the day's news, and he decided to start doing this during Montreal Fringe, where oh. as we've established is the drinking party. <laughs> and so we just got to slowly watch Julian get fired. Okay, it's four thirty. I need to be up in half an hour. Gonna take a quick nap. <laughs> 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 yeah. Next day. Wait, like, 20 minutes, oh, yeah. I'll be good to go. <laughs> no, can we attach Julian's LinkedIn profile? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so to answer your question, Julian. Kind of the wild card of the group in terms of his his, his his contributions, but he does many. Uh, 
um, Victoria Liberis, who's with us right now, is our publicist, yeah. and and she basically gets all of us are shit at social media. Yeah. Every time I tweet, we lose like 15 followers. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I'm saying like, "Come see our show and show a picture," oh, it's like fair. Oh. You use a lot of racial slurs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually, um, but no, and I like whenever I'm like, "Come see our show." We lose, and Victoria's like gifted at it, so she's jo- like jumped on board and has been like a, a godsend, and 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 she tells people that we're doing shows, yeah. which is half, more than half of the battle. Um, and and Sean and I are generally our producers. Sean is our chief producer at the Fringe Festival. Generally, I'm our producer. Uh, when we do off-fringe stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, when we did our storefront run, I was the chief producer for that, and I probably will be again for our Unit 102 uh, mm-hmm. coming up in February. Um, but Sean, during our shows, is our primary producer uh, at the Fringe and our chief writer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sean writes the scripts that then we kind of deviate massively from. And yeah. <laughs> he writes them again. How, uh, do you, how does he feel about that? Uh, mixed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it's... You know, that, it's a that process, is, right? It's a like, process, and that is like a, an ongoing theme. We may have mentioned last process that kill your babies mm-hmm. has become a big theme of writing for us mm-hmm. because there are things Not that you in feel a literal way. This is a post apocalyptic <laughs> yeah, show, and there might no be some babies that die, but that's a yeah, separate yeah, yeah, tangent. Yeah, yeah. But that is a thing, like where you, you you can't end up being too precious about anything. You mm-hmm. can you can believe in something and you can want it, but at the end of the day. A, it's a collective, and B, it's mm. like a, it's a process, and like there are going to be things that happen that not everyone ends up agreeing on, but that you just have to go with. The, so this yeah, is where Alec Alec comes in as, as like a beautiful addition to the team. He's been our outside eye and director um, for a very long time, and what he brings to the team is is because it is a collective creation. It's still valuable to have someone outside mm-hmm. being like, just so you know, you're standing right in front of the other person through that yeah. whole scene, yeah. um, or. This scene doesn't make sense. Also, in this scene, can you please be more this or more that? Yeah. And it's invaluable to have an outside eye. And Alec, Alec is so much same-brained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so valuable to have someone who is same-brained as you when you're working on a project because um, you can jam. Mm-hmm. And so we jam with Alec as if he's on stage with us. Mm-hmm. He is the outside eye, but he is... He can still play with us when and we get into rehearsal. we're all talking about, I think this is how this scene should go. I think that is how this scene should go. And we all have our opinions because it's a collective creation. And then Alec is ultimately the one who goes, this is how we're going to go. And it is so valuable to have that moderator and mm-hmm. also that outside eye. And um, his contributions are incredible. Also, he's a big dum-dum yep. with a big dumb yeah, face. And he... <laughs> He can and and he has the same dumb sense of humor as all of us, and contributes the same dumb sense of humor that we try to bring to the stage. That's literally, what when he says when you oh, do something, he goes, "Oh, that's dumb." That means yeah, it's in. Show. Yeah, <laughs> we use the word dumb because we do comedy as like a good thing, right? Yeah. We're shooting for. We should also say uh, for anyone who has seen our shows, you probably know that Caitlin is a super gifted puppeteer, and she does a lot of the you physical stuff. She yep. makes most of the props and things, mm-hmm. guides that process. Yep. And Connor is just a friggin' hilarious. Well, we're lucky if Connor shows up, you know. Connor is is the Michelangelo slash party dude of the, uh, of the group. He keeps it going till the dun- dawn light, so uh, yeah. that's an important function. That's true. I, uh, so you're the you're the last to crash on the on the Montreal scene. You're uh, well, Connor. Connor and I are team party, and <laughs> we often like check in with each other. Like team party still strong? Yeah, cool. And then everyone Caitlin else goes got to bed. Sick during this year I know. Yeah. I was so, so was sick all the time. Boo. Oh, yeah. But this Toronto fringe, if you're there. Look for this guy being real, real drunk and party central. (laughs) I'll be the one alone at the fringe tent partying by myself. (laughs) But yeah, it's always funny because if you if you come directly from from Montreal straight over to Toronto, it's very different. Mm -hmm. Really, it's a little different. (laughs) Kyle Kyle said really there, and he is a Montreal native, so he's being sarcastic (laughs) when he said really. Also, he has done Toronto fringe. Seven times? Seven, eight times. Yeah, sure. like yeah. That. yeah, yeah. He is a vet. Yeah, he's a fringe vet. no one knows who I am here, but that's whatever. That's Toronto. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kyle, that's, Toronto. that's your own damn fault. You're the worst promoter in the whole world. <laughs> I need somebody like Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> also, your fringe shows are, I do a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> about history. How do I sell this? With How do I sell no. this show? This is, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is, that's a good question. Yeah. 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 And Kyle, your show is 
your you know bullshit history of Canada is fucking hilarious. Thank you. And I haven't amazing. had a chance to see it yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Okay. That's good. What? Kyle hears good things about his own show. I assume. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you want to hear. Yeah. You want to hear good things about your own show? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Um. So now that you're, you know, you're opening on Friday. <laughs> um, what are you most excited about? Oh. For me, it is the. It is that the the first run has happened. It is it is done, and now comes the point in our process that always does, which is the refining point, which mm-hmm. is which is always great. And it's every stage and place gives you new opportunities yeah. and challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, we are working on a stage nine times the size of the stage we had in Montreal. So literally, there's we're doing a lot of shadow work with a, a sheet thing, which in Montreal we had to constantly move. Mm-hmm from scene to scene yeah. because it took up too much of the stage. In Toronto, it's just there, stationary, the whole show. What venue are you guys in? We're in the Randolph. Randolph. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, yeah. You guys got lots of space. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got all so this like, space for days. But, so that, that's all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, we have this new kind of playground, mm. and it's like, oh my god, There's there are challenges now of being like, oh my god, I have to sprint across the stage mm. now yes. to get here for this, but there is so much opportunity. And with all the projecting stuff, too, like technical challenges, too, that we've been kind of working on, and we'll see, mm. we'll st- have to see when we really get in the space, uh, what we have to do to deal with it but we've already gotten a whole bunch of new uh like cutouts and gels mm-hmm. and things that we're going to be pro- projecting with uh we have a, a really cool uh artist uh ben steve ben steamroller well that's his as, social media name yeah. yeah yeah if anyone sees our poster you'll see how uh wicked awesome uh the art is and that kind of goes throughout uh the show which is we try to do like a comic book inspired yeah. style it's a cool he's upgrade amazing he's amazing artist yeah, yeah. So, do so that was what for me that's what i'm excited about is mm-hmm. yeah. just that we it's, it's our second run of it now and we did the first and we know what we'd like what we loved about the show mm-hmm. and what we thought we needed to, to fix and I think we've taken a really good pass at that and now we get to do it in front of an audience yeah I'm, I'm really excited to um, I'm really excited to just do the fringe and mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see everyone's shows I'm really excited there's so many good shows at the fringe this year it's 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 a little like mind-boggling um, how impressive the shows are this year and I don't know all of them and I'm sure some gems will emerge but from our friends and from what I've heard from what major media publications mm. have recommended this is going to be a shit hot fringe yeah there's a and lot of shows that I want to see there's a actually, lot yeah. you you can because he's but you're going to go do Hamilton <laughs> fringe which got, is I'm still rehearsing for my show yeah. so I'm like freaking out yeah. about that but oh, like there's wait, there's no, like <laughs> there's like Cat <laughs> Sandler's Bright Lights yeah, and then I can't Peter and Chris have a new yeah. show and I the can't harvester. wait to see The Harvester oh, yeah. and I can't wait to see uh, Songbuster the yeah. musical which Jillian has like an all star cast Jillian English is a bitter shrew Bitter Shrew is not in the program, and and it was a late addition to the Fringe, and it's I saw it in the Montreal Fringe, and it was one of those experiences where you hurt from laughing after mm-hmm. you leave. So Bitter, Bitter Shrew by Jillian English is, yeah. is, is really uh, fantastic. True Blue is also not in the program. That's a new program oh, right. featuring Danny Padgett. Colin Munch, oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, Jocelyn Getty Bitter, produces yeah, it, yeah. and oh, it's a great cast. It's a great cast. Shanda Bezik. Improv show, which is okay. like, That's neat. Which is it's rare, but from everything I've heard, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I bartend at the the place it was performed at, mm-hmm. so I worked almost every night it ever performed. So I didn't get to see the show. I can't wait to see is. like Dance Animal oh, with Robin Henderson right. from Montreal, mm-hmm. who's living here now and is bringing her Montreal show to Toronto. And I can't wait to. It's like a fun, you know, dance. It's a comedy dance, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to see. Uh, Pirate Queen of the Stars, yeah. which is brought to you by the same people that brought People Suck, which was a major musical hit last year. Yeah. It's a new musical kind of Firefly style uh, musical show. Yeah, you got one. Birthday Cake is going to be fantastic. Birthday Cake, yeah, cake. Yeah. yeah, it's been recommended. Yeah. In, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah there's yeah, a, there's, uh, and that's year. the thing I'm most excited about the Fringe this year is like, yay, we have a show. But there are so many phenomenal shows this year. I think there's just no bullshit history of invention. (laughs) I don't know. I hear the the guy that runs it's a real jerk, though. (laughs) It's more than just a PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) Technically, it's a keynote presentation. (laughs) I think that just muddles up. That's really going to make things difficult. That's like, you know, that's not not your selling point. Yeah, when you're describing your show to anyone, don't ever say technically. <laughs> well. like, yeah. Pro tip from Connor Bradbury. Yeah, right, right. 
How would you promote your show? <laughs> How do I sell my show? I chug a beer in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'd right. see that show actually. Yeah, yeah. that's not even. Um, there's so much. There, I mean, there is so much to, to, to see at the fringe, and it's hard to hard to. So uh, it's hard to fit it all in. Yes. Um, have you guys had your had your tech yet? You no, we know? do that on Thursday. We make it a point to do it the day before we that's open, so, so we can freak out. That's so yeah. important. Yeah, because we like as less down. time as possible between <laughs> teching and. It's so key. Oh God. It's so key to make sure that you have that nervous breakdown. Well, I can't imagine doing a tech without a sense of panic. <laughs> like what, what happens when you just do a very calm, smooth tech? Walk oh no, your show's gonna be <laughs> shit. <laughs> you should be afraid of everything and like always uh, panicking a little bit. Yeah. But it's. I mean, you, you're going from a relatively small venue in Montreal mm-hmm. to, I think, one of the biggest in Toronto. Yeah. We've dealt with this every year, yeah. And, and that's that's a big thing yep. to fill. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like, our, I mean, our show's like, there's no there's no yeah. set yeah. There's, there's never we never have a set whatever else we have we've had more props as mm. the years go by but never a set mm. and even just having this sheet on stage is the most we will have ever had yeah and so we, we leave it up to the imagination to fill in a lot of that yeah. space and you can do a lot through lighting mm-hmm. and just selecting where you light the stage and yeah. what areas you play in and then we we just want people to fill that in like we that's always the goal is to Create a world that's interesting enough that you forget you're looking at a large empty space. Yeah, but I think I think every year we have had that that issue of like, oh crap, we're going from this size to this size, yeah, and, and yeah. people are going to be so much farther away, and it's yeah. going to be like this empty dark yeah. space. But it's always we've always found it. I think it's, yeah. the connection. The first show is always awkward. The first show in Montreal Fringe is always weird, and, or sorry, Toronto Fringe is always weird because we were always going from teeny little bitty tiny playing space to great big cavernous giant theater in Toronto Fringe, yeah. and and that transition is hard. So our first shows in Toronto Fringe mm, every year are like, <laughs> oh boy, this is an exercise in exciting. exciting. <laughs> so, 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 so make sure that you go early. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. Well, but as we said before, some of those interesting yeah. Yeah. shows are the best ones to watch. Well, because yeah. we, you know, there's nothing like watching actors on stage struggling. <laughs> there is something to that. I like it. But I think there is. A, it's not every show is possible to do this but we really enjoy the struggle yeah mm. and like that's the thing it's wrong, it, we acknowledge that that is fun yeah and like that will be fun not only for us but for people watching well it. there's yeah. nothing worse than watching a show where the whole audience is in on this thing that happens like oh that curtain fell over and then the people on stage are doing their best to pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. So at least with our shows, advanced. we have yeah. the liberty to be able to be like, hmm, mm. this, the curtain fell over. Let's make jokes about that. And yeah. and that's really liber- liberating. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this has been great, you guys. Yeah, thank thanks you so, so much, much for having us, man. That's so fantastic. Thank you.